Apologies for missing a week. We've all been very busy. Uh, um, so this is going to be, I guess, the next free episode we do. We're probably in the red somehow. I apologize. But again, uh, today's a very special pod. We've got uh, Hen and Katrina who are in the film. We've got Chong who's in the film as well. It's a bunch of movie stars with us. How are you all doing? <laughs> How's it going, everyone? All at once. Good. Um, Exhausted. It was nice seeing you all at the event. I thought it went um I was terrified of doing this event, but I thought it went really well. Uh yeah. I was happy that everyone showed yeah. up and had a good time. Yeah. yeah, I was I was very yeah, I was very happy also like uh who not just like the amount of people, because there's also a lot of pe- people I don't know. I was just very happy as to like who showed. I purposely kind of you know reflected on the history of dcc i invited many people who i thought you know active members but also people in the past who have made very significant contributions who i think in a weird timeline where they didn't exist we wouldn't be where we were we wouldn't have saved the lives that we have saved and definitely not as effectively uh did everyone i want show no but for the most part they did show and i was very happy about that the other thing i was super happy about was the fact that the audience was very happy uh, a lot of them told me they were very thankful that this type of story uh, was told, and sort of the repeated sentiments was, "I'm glad to hear I'm that." I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. There, I'm so glad that like this this has been told because mm-hmm. for a very long time, Asian Americans who took matters into their own hands, they were vilified, and this was not that. And that that's such a oh, low I, I saw I dude I saw you get vilified in real time in the national media and oh, I was yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> uh, man you know what was funny was um so Dan submitted the movie to the film to Vimeo he didn't uh-huh. like well he just not I mean submitted he just uploaded it to Vimeo and uh, got notified that the Vimeo's he, they received the Vimeo staff pick which is apparently in the film world like a pretty high honor to get a Vimeo staff pick and um and so it's like showcased on vimeo like when you go there it'll be specially showcased and stuff and i I remember thinking i think i told you chong this on twitter did i like when i saw that i was like i bet you there's no asians on the vimeo staff and dan was (laughs) laughing when i told him that because he thought the exact same thing and i was just weird because like everyone kind of understands that in a weird way but but what does that mean i don't know (laughs) but I... I i just knew it so I'm going to take it as a, you know, it's a good thing that the story of the documentary is resonating with people who they may not be from the AAPI community. They may not have faced it, but it's something about us standing up for ourselves and coming up with ways to protect our community, our way that it's honorable. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm so glad for Dan to even think about, you know, showcasing our story, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I think, great. I know he and and Millie and 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 Phillips, who wasn't there, but he was he was here when he was shooting. If you remember him, and then yes. Ian this time, they all told me like they just had it, it was quite the experience for them to to do the film because, um, you know, uh, and maybe this is sort of the broad ish topic for the pod is like this surprising 
um, the how refreshing it is in a way to simply see Asian people in America like just do basic self defense, and I don't mean just martial arts, but like stand up for yourself mm-hmm. in any way, politically, <laughs> verbally, you know, whatever it is. Um, and 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 I almost feel that other people, non Asians in America. Um, do not mind seeing that, but like it's still something of a uh, like we're not we don't feel comfortable either doing it or even seeing it uh, ourselves. Yeah, if that makes sense. Maybe that's why I think a lot of people, a few of us, kind of understood when I was like, I'm not surprised. I would bet that there were no Asian people on, or very few on the Vimeo staff when they when it came time to. <laughs> select because I, I of all people that are most uncomfortable with watching asian people stand up for themselves i have to say that i think it's asian people asian people oh yeah oh i i don't i don't disagree with you uh one bit i also think it's certain types of asian, asian people, people and that's a yeah and that that's a lot to unpack so i actually showed this uh, kind of i'm gonna go a little off tangent i work at a clinic i'm not gonna disclose what clinic they're laughing when they see that you know that my name is Doctor Z? Uh, but there's other, other other mental health conditions there, and for a, and when I started working at that clinic, that was the time when the media was literally bombarding the community and sort of vilifying me. So in order to help them, I gave them the impression that I was just another helper. And that Katrina was the head of DCC. I'm not even was, the head. It was someone else at the time. No, but you're you one of them now. <laughs> I'm one of them yeah. now. Yeah. And you know, thankfully, you know, Katrina, you know, I, 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 you know, Katrina trained so well that they all fell for it. They all fell for it, and I, and they saw the documentary. They were happy, and they said, "How long have you been doing this?" I said, "Well, the documentary says I'm one of the original members," and I actually misled you all to believe that. I was just another helper because at the time we were vilified and I didn't want it to negatively affect my career. And everyone in the room was shocked. They were super horrified. They're like, oh my God, why is this controversial? You're just trying to protect yourself and more vulnerable individuals. And then another Asian American is like, because we're not supposed to. We're just supposed to sit there and take it, right? And that's the internalized message. You're supposed to sit there and take and take it, and it's been being into us. And the people who are the most uncomfortable are going to be the people, the Asian Americans on the top, who have been perpetuating a message, and those people who have been telling them to do the same. Everyone else has been looking at the Asian American community for a while, especially for some reason, especially Black Black Americans. That I know we're like, why is this a thing? Why? What? What's going on? Of so course, why, why is, it makes sense. The, you mean the, the, the internalized embargo on standing up for yourself, that kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I find that a lot of black people that I know, mm-hmm. uh, when they hear about that, do find that very odd, and they're very supportive of the idea that Asians should stand up for themselves. So when right. I see people, automatic, we, we should get into a specific event here, but um, <laughs> you know, when I, I see people, on. Asians <laughs> specifically. Um, but not limited to Asians. I see black politicians and, and other um, and, and media figures doing this. It's a lot of like publicly visible people who instinctively in the face of anti-Asian violence, which includes, frankly, a lot of black on Asian violence. Uh, and I'm not happy about that. I'm not trying to bring that up to, you know, score some racial point here. I'm saying it, it, it's, it, it happens and it makes me sad to see it, but it does happen. 
um, that immediately I see now uh, online and and out in 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 the media like a reflexive like a reflexive uh, detour to talk about the widespread and deeply felt anti-blackness in the Asian community. And I've seen this enough where before I honestly did not like to talk about this because it's a third rail, of course, especially in America. (laughs) But I don't give a shit anymore. I've seen enough where I'm like, I know what's going on. I I am calling bullshit on this because I've had enough. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and I think every time... Uh, we've t- I, when I was in, so I've never been on this pod for a while, and a lot and I've I actually wanted to be on the pod. I think after the whole vilification process, because I wanted to clear the air. And of course, you gave me something better, uh, teen. So thank you, which was the, the movie. But there was one thing I've always wanted to clear up, and I said this to Esther Wang for NY Mag, and it was never published. I'm going to clear on this record. I and most of DCC do not care about the race of the attackers. We're actually very helpful. We, we're we more concerned about the race of people who have been very helpful to us, people who have been a part of the solution. And all this talk about anti-blackness amongst Asians, all this debate about whether it was, you know, white people committed crime versus black people committed a crime, those are distractions for our from our survival. Of course, your view is going to be different depending on the neighborhood you live in, um, depending on your the, the SES, depending on... Who is who can even afford to live in your neighborhood, right? right? That those are all like distractions from what should be important to us: our survival, our humanity, and our ability to just live with dignity. Of course, that was completely cut out of the article. <laughs> well, look, I, I I don't think that she's going to be able to work that into uh, her her article for New York Magazine and hit the correct political notes that she <laughs> or her superiors but but frankly you know what i've i've actually made this excuse for for people for a long time which is that that that's what new york magazine expects but i'm starting to believe that there is more asian self censorship going on than we would like to believe this is not in my opinion about asian journalists or whatever right. who want to say what they really think, but they're calibrating it because their white uh, editor won't allow them to go off the reservation. And I don't believe that anymore. I actually think that they could say a lot more than they are in these publications, but they won't out of self regulation. And, and that is actually both disturbs me more, but it kind of gives me more faith too, because it's like, actually, I think the, I think the window, like the range of acceptable, rhetoric here by Asians is far wider than we think it is. And I don't, I'm I'm trying to get to the bottom of it myself as to why we limit ourselves so much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if any, I can keep going or if anyone has a reaction to that, but uh, any theories why or take it anywhere you want. Yeah, no, I, for what um, Hen was saying about, you know, race of the perp discourse, there's nothing more useless than to sit and talk about whether the perp was white, black, Latino. It it truly doesn't matter. And when it comes to, you know, safety, healing, making sure it doesn't happen again, you know, to, to sit and focus on it just gives 
racist people an excuse to be racist, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. you see how it is when you see another one of these crimes that gets a lot of media attention. And you have two camps. You've got one camp, people just use that as an excuse to be, you know, horrendously racist, horrendously anti-Black. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, you've got, you know, uh, like what happened last week with... <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh boy, we all know what's coming. Elephant in the room with the workwear tweet. Um, you've got people who in- instantaneously just blame Asians. They 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 don't know where to turn. They don't have the skill or the knowledge to manage this type of conversation. So they just turn against Asians themselves, and mm-hmm. they say, you know, the problem lies within us. If only we could just stop being anti-black, stop being racist, stop being colorist, you know, these attacks would stop. And that's just completely wrong. And I, as a proud Asian American, I don't understand this impulse. I would like to, you know, I'd like to see where it's coming from, maybe psychologically. I don't know if it's a way to identify with the dominant, you know, with white people, with whiteness, because it's like they're saying, hey, we're not just like you. We are you, right? We're just as racist as white people are. So maybe it's that. I mean, I don't know, but it's very disturbing. Um, Let's break it down, because I've spent um, the better part of a week yeah. kind of thinking about this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, so to lay the groundwork, cause we're not like an inside baseball Twitter right. thing. Right. So, so workwear got, it's this, it's this account called die work. Is it die workwear or dear work? D workwear. I don't know. It's, it, but, the, but the handle is die workwear or D workwear. Right. And mm-hmm. the, but it, the handle is the, the, the name is Derek guy. Right. <sighs> And he is, uh, he has a profile pic who, of a illustration of a, a, a dapper white gentleman who I learned was a Nixon aide, supposedly. Apparently, we're all supposed to know that. <laughs> no, yeah. it's just a dapper white looking dude who everyone thought was Stephen Colbert, actually. <laughs> um, a lot of people are actually surprised that he's Asian. A lot of people don't know that he's oh Asian. Oh, my God. And, uh, and you know, which is, uh, you know, look, I'm not saying you got to disclose your race or whatever, but, you know, he does come in hot with the with the racial tweets every now and then. And he will mm-hmm. use his, you know, he'll say, hey, yeah, I'm an Asian. I can say what, you know, I can say this or whatever. Right. But but basically, I think uh, if I get this, if I got this right, what, what Chong is referring to and what we all saw, and I've reacted to this on Twitter, too, was that there was a uh, widely circulated video of, a fa- of an Asian-American family on the yep. New York City subway, I believe it was the F train. Yep. And they were being harassed by three teenagers, three black teenagers, young girls. It wasn't the most horrifically violent video you've ever seen, but it was it was tense and it was ugly. It was it was and apparently it was racially charged too. Okay, right. uh, I don't know exactly what was said before the video. I couldn't really make out what was said during it, but uh, it was borderline physical. I know the woman who was taking the video, who wasn't associated with the family, she got attacked. Mm-hmm. I know the fact. Uh, that's my high school classmate, uh, jo- uh, yeah. Joanna Lin. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, is she Asian? Yes, yeah. Chinese-American. Oh, okay. Um, and his reaction to that, I thought... Uh, now, correct, I mean, if there's details I'm leaving out here, uh, correct me, please. But his reaction was to start tweeting about 
um, in response to a lot of people saying, well, look, there's more to this video. Like, we got to talk about how anti-Black Asians are, which is the standard right. refrain. He kind of, you know, put on his Asian guy mask all of a sudden and said, <laughs> I mean, if you don't think that Asians have been anti-Black basically since forever, and, and you know, without exception, I mean, this is just Asian people are anti-Black, right? right. Categorical blanket statement, racial stereotype. Right. And he says that if... A light-skinned Asians don't even like dark-skinned Asians. So yes. what do you think they think about black people? What does it have to do with the video? Well, um, I don't I don't go on Twitter, so, but I'm well, just having this reaction. So somebody, um, I think it was, he might be a journalist or a writer from San Francisco. I believe somebody said something like, you know, we have to recognize there is a problem with anti-Asianness in the black community. However, it goes both ways or something like that. And then, you know, it, it just devolved from there, but yes, that was the essence of his tweet. He actually said, you know, light skinned Asians don't even like dark skinned Asians. And that was it. So, so I, you know, I just fired off a tweet like, okay, you know, I had a feeling about this dude you know, that was it. And then I wake up to like a million views and, you know, angry DMs. And it started this whole kind of fight on, on Twitter. And it's funny because Asian American Twitter or whatever, Asian Twitter has not had a fight like this in a really long time. <laughs> so, so maybe there were some feelings simmering, but then it just became just, you know, ridiculous. Like, what do you mean? And then people using examples, like people were sending me, you know, um, clips from Indonesian soap operas. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm your yeah. guy. So now yeah. now I'm the one that's going to represent Indonesian soap opera fans. I, I just, it, yeah. it became a whole thing. So yeah, that was the gist of it. I mean, the whole thing to me is just, being, it's just like, it's an example where it's so easy to lead and or mislead the herd online because right. people yeah. suddenly thought that, and, and I saw people piling into the conversation, like, what's wrong with what he said? You don't think Asians are colorist? Uh, every society is colorist and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, first of all, step back for a sec. Like, it's not just the tweet, which is yeah. already bad in itself. But we think that's a, it's a little more subtle as to why that's horrible right. of tweet. But it's the fact that it was brought up in as a reaction to uh, a video of this Asian family getting harassed. Exactly. Uh, well, it, it's irresponsible. No. It's very irresponsible for someone with such a big following. Like, oh, now, like you said, now I'm going to put on my Asian face and I'm going to be an Asian again, speaking for my community. And it's like you're talking out of turn. Uh, you're not the one I'm going to look to when it comes to Asian black relations, you know, buddy. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not someone who has anything to say about this. And now you're, you're painting everybody, 4 billion people with a broad brush, thinking that that is in any way relevant to this really violent attack. Yes. And again, I go back to what I said earlier. It's this impulse that some Asians have to immediately, you know, blame ourselves. And basically it's like, they're saying, you know what? You have to understand why this happened. We had it coming. This is a natural, you know, this is just going to happen we. because we sort of deserve it because we're bad people. I mean, get over yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. Just want to just uh, preface that you know that that F train incident. Um, harassment is a euphemism. Uh, why do I say that? I understand that a lot of the physical violence happened. I think after or after the video or before the video, but uh, but the victim, unfortunately, uh, Sue Young, Doctor Sue Young, she actually reported having a very uh, I think some head trauma plus a very you know her scalp was hurting. So that's yeah, bruising, basically too. hurtful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this wasn't like I mean, insults are bad, right? The yell of "Go back to where you came from" is quite horrific. That being said, there's an also extra layer of some some really nasty head trauma and scalp bruising, which comes from hairful. Yeah, there was there was physical violence involved in this for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, I think like then the family themselves uh, uh, later said this thing that. Oh, kind of made me a little bit disgusted to be yeah frank. yeah because, not good. <laughs> look, it's not so much that i feel that they should stand up for themselves it's like if you don't want to stand up for yourself fine yeah my take on what she said uh and the father which was to say that look um and i, I have no problem with them telling the 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 da's office that they they would rather not push for mm-hmm. hate crime charges or whatever yeah. that's fine that's the, look that's their prerogative i'm not saying they need to my problem is that the way that they dismissed this the the severity of this mm-hmm. is in my opinion a very clear instance of what i would call liberal racism which is mm-hmm. these are three young black teenagers that are not they this the not as privileged as us mm-hmm. so they can't be held responsible for what they do is basically what they said meaning if they're black teenagers they got to be held to a different standard because you know and then that's it it's a you know right and i and... find that to be a very it's a liberal form of racism which is to say that we need to have double standards for black teenagers versus other non-black teenagers because quote you know and I'm like, do you do you understand how that's fucked up? You know, yeah. that's. Do you even hear yourselves? Yeah. Also, it's... do you listen to black people? I mean, that's the other thing. Because yeah. if you actually sat in their conversations, what what is? I mean, I'm not speaking for every person, but what do they always say? They see a white person being like they see a, a they see someone who's black, right? And the law treats them very severely, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they see a white person committing perhaps a crime that's equally heinous or significantly more heinous and say, Hey, it's totally fucked up that there are two different standards. Now you have this shit, white shit lib in Asian skin going like implying, obviously I say, but implying that there should be two standards. Well, do you listen to the very people that you claim to be speaking up for? Clearly not. Right. Right. Uh. I mean, I, I think that this goes deep. Uh, yeah. This is why, like, you know, I know these are, you know, Twitter-centric conversations and stuff, but, like, <laughs> it's it's not that I care for Twitter drama. It's that sometimes something does happen on Twitter, and I'm like, there is a something going on here. Like, this, yeah. it, this is just real life, too. Yeah, like, this is, ex- this is happening on Twitter, yes. But, like, there is something here that exposes, like, shitlib thinking. Right. Like for what it is, you know, exactly. and and I think one thing I found is over time I've realized, uh, and this goes into everything that we've been saying about how, you know, what you 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 Katrina and Hen have been doing with DC and Chong have been doing with DCC, uh, 
gets rolled by someone like Esther Wang at New York Mag as, uh, or, or Seth Berkman over at, uh, was it The Nation, as performative and, you know, uh, dangerous and, you know, blah, 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 ethno-nationalist, that they don't want they don't want to see minority groups actually stand up for themselves what they want is for you to invest harder in them as your protector that's, yeah that's how the are they protecting me they're just they're just riding behind a screen or under behind a publication they're not doing anything right they're they're very <laughs> self-serving and it's the idea that if you if you acknowledge if you if you claim if you say like it, if I say Asians are colorist, I've done some work there. Bravo. I've really made a difference by just saying that. And yeah. I think that's what it is. Like we're on the level that these people, you know, it's, it's like a zero sum situation. And some of these academics even say, if you're pro Asian, you're, you're not considering, uh, you know, the plight of other racial groups. They're just afraid of, of Asian organization, Asian anger, which is why even like stop AAPI hate, I hate to bring up this group, but you know, I don't even know where this happened, but apparently they're like an Asian, I think it was a store owner, bodega owner somewhere, somewhere recently, I think he shot and killed uh, a young black, I think a boy. And this happened and they posted it on on their Twitter saying like, there's a long history of Asians doing this type of thing. And I just couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe that people who are supposed to be organizing for Asian interest would, would mention something that really doesn't have to have anything to do with all of us. Right. It's like, we're all guilty of, of something when an Asian does something. So they're, 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 you know, I think that they're, conspiring um with an activist class that if asians would just pay attention i I think one of the problems is that like asians are apolitical um by and large okay (laughs) i know that's a blanket statement but like i've noticed that my asian friends my dear asian friends a lot of times that they're, they're just uncomfortable or uninterested in like the larger political story going on in america and they'll believe things like they'll just blanket believe that when you say blm you just got to get behind it because their neighbors put black lives matter flags on their on their lawns and i'm like if you read and i'm like saying you don't have to read alternative media for this you can read the new york times for this blm is been in the news for all the wrong reasons and i'm talking about as an organization which stop aapi hate is as well Mm -hmm. Okay, like there's been a lot of misappropriation of money. There's been a lot of issues of corruption. And they, uh, you know, it, it's the same thing with Me Too. I mean, I think a lot of people blanket just kind of like Me Too. Okay, I'm on the right side of Me Too. Me Too on my lawn. Me Too. Ooh, don't <laughs> fuck with me. I'm on the right side. But I'm like, have you heard about what happened over at Time's Up? Did you know? Like, do you, do you understand that there is a larger story to what's going on with the activist community? It's not like black people it's not women it's not asians it's a small group of activists quote activists that uh have their own personal interests all tied up in the work that they do just like we do at our jobs the only difference is i don't think we really claim to be activists in fact we're in a 
we're gonna film the four of us called i'm not an activist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um right i wish yeah i just wish asian people i think one of the first things that i would wish if we could if i could have an asian wish list for people <laughs> is like pay more attention to just like not just asian dude just like overall news about what's going on and you know stop um being just very like do you, do you guys know what i'm talking about like do you have friends like this they're just very like they just very very surface like basically like google news landing page level of understanding oh, of that's news. my friends and family well a yeah. lot of my family I disown people like that for my own mental health. So yeah. I don't even think a lot of Asians know about the breadth and scope of the violence that's been happening against Asians. I don't think they know about a lot of the, you know, the Sinophobia, uh, Chinese mm. academics being accused of being spies. Like, I don't think they just pay attention to any of that. I think in New York, we're really in the middle of everything. Yeah. I don't know if I'll it's be because sure. the media here or because we all take public transport and we're in each other's faces, but I think it's a lot worse here. I think you talk to people that don't live in New York, they're just living their lives. Occasionally, they might hear of something, but no, I think New York's a special place. <laughs> in a fucked up way, but yes. <laughs> we do. I mean, yeah, New York is um, where... You know, I think we have the highest, you know, social collisions, right? Like we we are face to face with other Americans, fellow New Yorkers, like all the time, and and it becomes clearer to us, I think, that um, Amer it, this is how I think of it is that public space in America is a is a um, uh, it's it's territory that's up for grabs. It's it's like disputed territory. Right. Um, it's not like a communally civilized thing where all of us are sort of pitching in to keep it safe. And we all feel like it's kind of our home too. It's kind of like the wilderness. And the difference with New York is like, we're not in a mechanized thing. Like we're not all in our car. I mean, a lot of us are in our cars, but like for the most part, <laughs> like we're, you know, walking around, we're, we're in the subway, we're on the street, riding the bike, we're walking in the park or whatever. We're face to face with people. The rest of America is largely like kind of mechanized and they're in their cars and the one place that they're like super vulnerable um, is like when they the few times they step out into the mall and we saw what happened in in um, was it what was the what was the name of that town um, Allen Texas yes oh um, yes yep. yeah and yeah. like you know that guy like had a lot of weird anti he had weird anti like Asian fixation shit going on too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the media didn't really pick up on that, but he killed it. He wiped out an entire Korean American family. Yeah. I think he killed a South Asian woman. He was going after Asians and they didn't really talk about that. Yeah. But Allen, Texas, where he isn't from is known as a heavily, it's known as the Asian suburb, the Asian enclave of the Dallas area. That wasn't right. really mentioned either. Mm -hmm. um, so. It's oh, did he get hate crime charges? I'm not that I know of. Good God! Yeah. Well, no. he died. So I mean, the, the I mean, cops killed him. So there's no. Oh right, forgot about that part. Yeah. Well, that was a brutal. That was yeah, that brutal was horrible. Thing. I mean, hate crime charges too are, you know, that's that's another thing that this sort of academic activist class kind of railed against saying that oh. hate crime charges don't solve anything and 
you know, we can't use hate crime charges to, to keep, you know, it, it won't keep us safe, et cetera. It's like a- anything that's an attempt to, to single us out and to show that these attacks are deliberately are deliberate. They're, mm-hmm. they're choosing Asian victims on purpose. Any of that gets, gets put into a, like a larger context that it's not, it's not particular towards Asians. It's something else. It's mental health. It's, you know, it's, poverty. It's, it's all these excuses. Right. It's yes. just making excuses. This. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of my, I, that was definitely something that was very disturbing about, uh, unfortunately, the, the Young's reactions to the F train attack. Uh, this was, I think there was literal video evidence. Well, I, it, the audio wasn't clear, but at least the newspapers have consistently reported that the attacker said, "Go back to where you came from." This right. is very blanket. This is very blatant evidence of racial animosity, and then, and then they and then it's oh, I don't think it's a hate crime. Once you're, I feel like you've gone way past the border of speculation into facts versus lies, and you're still saying that it's not a hate crime. And then afterwards, you know, I read. Um, at MSNBC, and they were, and then the family was like, "Well, I don't think that's the primary reason." I said, "Wow, you just raised the bar for what people for what people will see as racism. You raised the bar because now you, there's plain evidence of it, and you've come up with another form of mental gymnastic because there have already been ton of forms of mental gymnastics." on how to normalize violent anti-race. Yeah, so so let me get this straight. If someone's beating you with their fists and screaming at you in front of your young children and then telling you, go back to where you came from, you're going to excuse that as not, you know, racially motivated, et cetera. But I bet those same people, those same type of people complain about microaggressions when someone asks them, Oh, where are you from? Oh, no, not Kansas. Where are you really from? Right? So like you can get mad at a microaggression, but you can't be upset that that someone attacked you based on your race. I don't understand like what you said, the mental gymnastics there. Why the they work so quickly to downplay the intensity, the severity of these crimes insinuating like, oh, well, the real harm is the fact that these girls don't have good role models or something. I just don't understand that. That is not me. That's not the type of Asian person I am. And I would never want to be like that. Yeah. Well, I think part of the reason, you know, is that, well, where are we hearing this from? We're hearing this from Dr. Jen Ho from Boulder, wherever she lives, Janelle Wong over in College Park. Like, their main, and, and probably Jen Ho is the most blatant when it comes to dismissing yeah. sort of oh, violent crimes, but then maximize, maximalizing, take a very maximalist <laughs> take on, you know, white uh, microaggressions. You know, like, I remember the most absurd tweet I've ever seen was her uh, saying that her vacation to Yellowstone was ruined because the lo- I'm not joking, like, this is literally what was said. I'm not even exaggerating. Classic. Yeah, the, lodge, uh, the lobby of the Lodge Hotel that she was staying at, yeah. all the pictures, there were way too many white people in the pictures. Way Wait, too many. She's like, I'm not feeling... Oh, I, this is ruining my vacation. You like, know, literally, she's like, this is ruining my vacation. How is that ruining her vacation? So, Whoa. that's ruining yeah. her vacation, but the family that, let's just say, they were attacked... 
you know, the same kind of people as her, somehow, you know, that's, that's like, oh, well, that sucks, but um, it wasn't, that wasn't enough to ruin their vacation and traumatize their kids. Well, she only cares about her vacation, you know, uh, like she's, her vacation. I, I think, I think, I guess what I'm getting at is that, um, that white microaggressions, I, I, I don't even think that counts as a microaggression. Those are just pictures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but the white microaggressions are the things that bother them personally more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they deal with more on a daily basis. They would rather, because I think they've turned their academic, um, their academic career into like, kind of like an influencer type operation where it's very centered upon their own life and mm-hmm. subjective experience. They there there's not an ounce of academic integrity in any of them, uh, in, in either of them. And it's all about them. And I think that they're just kind of live tweeting their own life. And and to them racism is really defined by what they experience. They're not taking the broader view. They're like, I'm Asian. I get my experience is valid for all Asians. Asians who don't have my experience, they're just sort of like these background chinks that don't matter, right? Like we're talking about like real Asian people that matter, like me, PhD, uh-huh. job at a fancy university, and uh, so therefore, let's talk about me because look, eventually, you dirty chinks are going to climb over the fence and uh, hopefully get to where I am, and unless where you get to my station in life is pristine and free of microaggression and the total racial liberation, you know, that, uh, from, you know, hating yourself that I felt that we all feel as, as Asians growing up, because I felt that way. You must feel that way too. When you get to the promised land, if it's not 100% perfect, like what's the fucking point then, you know? And I think that's, that's where they're coming from. It's this really super narcissistic self-centered point of view. And the rest of us are like, Yo, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, you know, I really don't understand. Uh, yeah, there was that other. Um, I think her name's Jennifer Lee from Columbia, and okay. and she's the one who downplayed all the attacks. Said, "Well, this is horrific, but let's look at the bigger picture. Come on, guys. What's it? This? It's a low baseline. Not really very common. Elderly people aren't really." Mostly you know, verbal. Right. Oh, 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 and it's mostly white people. Right. Hey, we're yep, good exactly. now. As if that's comforting? Why is that comforting? Right. Again, the okay. race of the perp discourse is just so useless. But she also wrote about it. She wrote an article. It was like, you know, a newspaper article where she said she was out jogging, you know, up on rivers or I don't know where it was, I but drive. jogging by the beach. And a white woman said, move over because I'm, I'm paranoid about COVID or something like that. And then she she said, "Well, was it because I'm Asian?" I mean, no. Wow. Right. Wow. So that's that's her version of um, I hate crime is someone not wanting to jog next to her, not someone who literally gets pushed over, hits their head, and dies, someone who gets stabbed, someone who gets hit in the face with a rock. It's Those sort of are well, oh, God. yeah, yeah, uh, well. yeah. And lest 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 it be known, lest lest the uh, uh, the pattern that you, you listener are picking up on is that we're pointing out Asian female scholars. No, this applies to the guys as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, oh, I know which guys you're talking about, but yeah, go on. Yeah, I would say, for example, let's take Ivy League Asian American professors. I would say Jeannie Suck Gerson over at Harvard Law School, when mm-hmm. it came to covering affirmative action, I don't, we don't, I don't want to talk about affirmative action per se, but 
really knowledgeable, really nuanced, didn't engage in racial stereotyping of Asians to, to score cheap points on her own behalf. Mm-hmm. She took the issue seriously. Why? Because she's a law professor with tenure and she's academically honest. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that Jennifer Lee was like more like, I don't want to like, I don't I, like, I've told Justice, who co hosts, I'm like, I know your mother's a sociology professor, so <laughs> excluding your mom from this. But oh. I, I think a lot of this takes place in softer sciences where you can get away with this. Yeah. Exactly. I know what's happening in law too. It's going to move over into law. It's happening. But I do feel that outside of like the more rigid traditional fields, uh, you know, that's where, especially Asian American studies itself, you know, when you have your own department, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they can just do. come out. They just come out with some of the worst fucking takes ever. And they, I just feel like they have at this point, They've been so – they know. They know. They see what happens on social media. I feel like they have known that they've cut ties off with Asian-American society, like the population as a whole. They really know that. They're, they Like my, my career has nothing to do with my connection to those people. My connection to this job, which means everything to me, has everything to do with my standing among my peers on the faculty and my popularity with students and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters to them at this uh, point. They're Asian when convenient. Like I said, you know, they'll, they'll downplay the violent attacks against us. They'll say, oh, you know, other people have it worse. And do they do anything to help the other minorities who have it worse? Absolutely not. Uh, but And then, they're, of course, until the day that they face that microaggression – they will talk about it like it was the worst day of their lives. That it was the, like seeing white people on a you know on a picture. <laughs> you heard the people jogging like did you know and like those my the worst day of their lives. But to us, that's Tuesday. And yeah. if you got the Street Fighter reference, good for you. <laughs> I didn't, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, I I honestly would am would be sympathetic to their little microaggression issues. If they didn't dismiss like widespread fucking violence against other Asian people, and they, which they don't have to worry about apparently, yes. because they 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 are you know, I mean to some extent I think they're just playing the odds because I think we're all subject to this. Like nobody is actually exempt from this, whether you're rich or not. But I do think the burden of it falls disproportionately on poor working class Asians, mm-hmm. as That's I think right. we can see fairly clearly in who gets hurt and killed in say new york city right it ain't it happens sometimes sometimes it is a bougie rich asian but most of the time it's a it's someone it's an immigrant guy who's delivering food on a bike right you know collecting cans yes there there were two attacks of people that are collecting cans yes and so you know you have to direct your anger towards uh, a wealthy tenured professor who's out jogging and you have to feel worse for her. And, and it's just, it's ludicrous. Um, I I'm so over these people. I'm over people who are nonstop. Like I said earlier, all they want you to say is, well, colorism exists in the Asian community. Okay. How does that change anything? Even saying something that is not action and you're not Mm -hmm. doing anything about it. Nobody's doing anything except, you know, 
the people that are on the ground on the street mm-hmm. like dragon combat club like we saw in the film those people helping you know asian seniors do their shopping helping them lift stuff you know their help their bags in the subway that to me does more for the community than someone gaslighting and fighting about semantics about words on social media yeah i you know what i and hen please jump in here uh katrina please jump in here too I have seen, I've lost my fucking shit at people, including mutuals on Twitter, who, including fucking my own family, who I asked, I was like, could you clip that out of the film? They're like, no, dude, I, that's got to be in there. And I'm like, cursing <laughs> out my own brother-in-law. Oh, your brother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I can't have, I can't let them see the film. But what I'm saying is I've lost my shit when the first reaction people have to something like DCC or they can't burn us all or whatever is... Ooh, that's dangerous. Or, or you think that Jackie Chan shit's gonna save your life? Probably gonna get shot in the face. Come on. And I'm like, okay, look. First of all, I would rather have the training than not, because mm-hmm. even if it's a marginal improvement, even if it's just a marginal improvement, I would rather have it than not. But second, like, can you think beyond just the <laughs> primary damage of the people? I mean, let's face it, it is still a pretty small chance that any of us, any one of us, uh, would face, you know, fatal levels of violence, right? There's a lot of Asians in New York City. There's a lot of subway riders per day. But the point is, and I thought that this was crystal clear to me, at least in the film when they interviewed Nina, that, look, a lot of this is not just about protecting yourself. A lot of this is about overcoming, like, the severe anxiety, the knock-on effects of this. She she couldn't leave her apartment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people like this. Part of the training to me, seeing you guys do it, and I will show up. Your your boy Blue convinced me. Yeah. He, he's very, very, very cool. I like yeah. Blue a lot. I like yeah, I like yeah. an older guy. I don't want to get rolled by some young dude. You know, if, if I'm going to get my ass beat by, you know, I want an old guy to do it to me. Yeah. But, you know, he. The thing is, like, look, man, just showing up and seeing that there are other like-minded people who are confronting this, not with sadness, not with you know depression and despair. But with like, you know what, let's just get up, let's just do a fucking class, let's do a fucking subway assist, let's do a fucking thing, let's do a fucking thing, like, that just is immediately, like, a huge benefit to someone's Mm -hmm. mental state. And I don't know why people can't see that. I'm like, this is very obvious to me. But people are like, bro, you're gonna get shot, what are you gonna do, you're gonna kick the bullet out of the air? I'm like, when did you become such a black-pilled, like, fucking... You know, what, what did everything stop for you? Like, when did you lose it? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's uh, – one of the things is, is that – so, yes, Nina did feel better after us and, you know, from the training. And I'm very happy that she did. One of the things I'm also very proud of Nina for doing and many of our DCC members for doing that was not mentioned in the film for some reason was that they saved lives. A few weeks into Nina, Nina started training with us, she actually used her situational awareness training – to spot somebody that was concealing a knife. And with that, she evacuated the right people, notified the right authorities. Did the authorities do anything? Probably not. But she saved a lot of lives that particular night. And Nina's story is not the only story. And that's the, that's what happens. We're in a very horrible situation with no perfect solutions that are viable, that are going to be that are going to exist in a mass scale just because of circumstances. But the fact is, is that because we did not wait for that perfect solution. We did it, we improved on it, and lives were saved, and objectively more so 
than talking about what isn't the solution, and objectively more so than waiting for the perfect quote-unquote gun solution. And these people are like, why don't you just get a gun? Why don't you buy me a gun? Why don't you hook me up to a gun permit? Because some people who are actual men, who have actual balls, have offered us that. And, you know, and and thanks to them. So, you know, so those people are like, just get a gun. Why don't you grow a pair of testicles and be useful and hook an Asian brother and Asian sister up with a gun? What's wrong with building confidence? These same people would probably argue that, you know, young kids should all do martial arts. The number one reason why everybody knows it's not because they think your six-year-old is going to kick someone's ass or because mm-hmm. they're going to be some martial arts star. It's, mm-hmm. it's discipline and confidence. What's wrong with that? How yeah. can you fault people for, for taking a self-defense class? Yeah. And, I think because it's out of character. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and you mentioned um, Nina, you know, recognize the signs of someone with a knife. I also, a couple months ago, irrelevant story but somebody got in my face a much younger mm-hmm. person I, I think i told you got in my face made threatening whatever cursing you know after going to these trainings i knew how to handle myself and i think that's invaluable mm-hmm. you know what did you, it, i'm curious what 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 did you what do you well, think that, you know, that that helped you with well it helped me a knowing that like I could fight back if it came to that. I wasn't going to do anything. There's no way in hell I would fight someone. She was probably 20 years old, you know, literally, uh, you know, two decades younger than me. So no, I'm not going to get in a fight with a 20 year old kid, but you know, I, I knew how to stand. I knew how to stand, you know, tall and kind of, so I couldn't get pushed over. I was watching her hands the whole time to see if she was really squaring up. Mm-hmm. Like those things I learned from doing these these self-defense classes. Whereas before I would have just been looking at her eyes, you know. But, you know, I'm looking for all these signs. And then I realized she was just talking shit. She yeah. was upset. And then we talked it over. It ended up being fine. We shook hands, whatever. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's, like, nice. that's nice to hear. It was great. Yeah. It, it really was. And so people who disparage like Seth fucking Berkman and and whoever else disparaging self-defense i i just again i don't understand these people they're Mm. they're from another planet because even like the city even the mta tells you to to stand with your back towards you know the wall Mm -hmm. like that is part of self-defense is learning Mm -hmm. how to stand so shut yeah. up. I really think they fucking hate Asian people. <laughs> I really do. Oh I think there's them, no other explanation. No other I, there's no I, I think I think that their hatred though is not the white supremacist kind of hatred. Mm-hmm. It's this really like I like it's just this this condescending loathing. They loathe you know what? Instead of hate, it's loathe. They yeah. loathe Asian people. It's loathing like you like you dislike a certain food that you just can't eat. It's like they revile themselves Mm -hmm. or they revile some characteristics of Asians so much that even something like organizing, like being proud, like helping each other, standing up for yourself, building community, they just disparage, mock, you know, make light of, you know, fuck these people. Because it racializes them and they don't know how to handle that because they themselves, I believe, in the process of becoming whatever striving shit that they, like, they have 
had to deracinate themselves to such a degree that I just don't think that they're comfortable with dealing with an ethnic, quote, ethnic community (laughs) that they themselves have, like, willfully alienated themselves from anyway. And the kind of loathing I'm talking about, I don't know if you've ever read the graphic novel American Born Chinese, the the movie that is is now based on that. I I don't know about the movie, but... The, the, the graphic novel by Jin Yun that came out uh, uh, that uh, a while ago is a, is a very good take on this where um, he he's like this Asian American boy at, at school and then this sort of like hyper ethnic version of him called Chinky comes it's like his cousin from China and he's got he's got a show chinking around high school and he's just like he fucking hates Chinky because he's just like dude you're bringing me down bro you're, 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 you know, and he's every, he's every horrible, chinky racial stereotype, not because that's what he is, but because it's his own subconscious fear mm. of being that, that he uh, projects it, you know, entirely onto this hated, loathed ethnic character. And then, of course, all the wonderful things that you become, that you, that, that you strive for, you sublimate onto this other version of yourself and fuck that's the workwear guy okay yeah. and i quote tweeted yeah. a chong's I, when i saw chong's email going like i had a feeling about this guy you know I, I was obedient, yeah that's because i think you were picking on up on that vibe and i i quote tweeted you know i was like you know what it's always a fucking asian guy who has an alt account posting thirst pics of ralph lauren by the way not ralph lauren clothes like literally the man ralph lauren and like oh my basically God. It's his entire online persona is a giant altar to Wasp Ivy League culture, and he's unabashed about this, right? It's always that guy that's going to go shit on Asian <laughs> people, horrible. right? Like, honestly, like, the people who are much more influenced by, like, say, black culture, like uh, China Mac, mm-hmm. not right. that way. I don't see that from those guys, nope. from those people. Right. It's always the, the guy who's, who's posting pics of Ralph Lauren ads. All right. Who, who yeah. says we don't even like, or you know, light skinned Asians don't even like dark skinned Asians? Yeah, I'm like, you know, speak for yourself, buddy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what is teen? Teen, you're pretty dark, though. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. That's like, what I'm saying. The fact that you turn, I when people turn this whole East Asian versus Southeast Asian into a color oh thing, I'm like, have you yeah. been to Southeast Asia? Do you know Southeast Asians? Like. There's a lot of light skinned Southeast Asians. There's a lot of dark skinned East Asians. Like, it's yeah, not Koreans, really this simple, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where are you Koreans. picking up on this? Yep. I don't get it. I mean, I've met, I've met so many times in my life, and literally, I'm posting this. People are like mocking me. I'm like, well, but you don't live in Queens. Mm-hmm, and I exactly. certainly have never been to Asia because of the way you're tweeting. But like, so many times I've run across people. Like this old, like one time I was helping uh, this old Asian, they were stranded. So I was just helping them change their tire. They spoke a little Chinese. I thought they were Chinese. Yeah, no, they're Burmese. They look oh. more Chinese than I do. They were yeah. like, are you Filipino? Everyone fucking <laughs> thinks I'm Filipino. Right? <laughs> the Filipino couple down the hall from me, they live on my floor here in my apartment yeah. building. They 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 uh they look fucking more Chinese than me. Look, you know uh, what I mean? You mean like Katrina? Oh yeah. I definitely <laughs> look a lot more East Asian than what people consider to be Filipino. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like there's there's a there's a spectrum. It's a gradient. Huge yeah. spectrum. It's yeah. there's yeah. been so much mixing and migration and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you, dude, you're obviously ignorant. Okay, stop talking. And but he takes off. You know why? Because 
The only people that could challenge him on that are other Asian people. And he has, by default, just been like, if you're Asian and you dispute me, it's because you're a racist. Right. Oh, my God. And, so and you're you don't, it doesn't count. I'm, yeah. Look, hey, I worship Ralph Lauren. I'm enlightened. I'm white. Right. I'm like a white guy. Yeah. Don't yeah. fuck with yeah, me. Yeah, but apparently if you just... Apparently, if you disagree with him, now you're racist, but he's yeah. revering yeah. these white... Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I want to kind of insert an interesting talking point is that... Uh, so one of the answers that... Uh, during, the, uh, during the premiere, you actually asked... Um, you asked me the question of how I came to the conclusion. Yeah. You gave me asked me. You gave me a very heavy question for a press conference. <laughs> I I, yeah, I should have. Heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's all good. You said, you it was me. based on a quote that you said in the film, and I and I honestly, yeah. that was the part of the film that I actually have the was the most piqued my curiosity the most. Like, yes. what did Henry go through to get? Like, where did he come out to that conclusion? You know, like yeah, what, it's very they, fascinating to me. Yeah, those who claim to speak for us, they will let us die. Those are the facts. You gotta navigate based on those facts. Uh, I mean, part. I mean, I had so to formulate my answer. I had one of my schoolmates, uh, uh, Radwa, uh, actually look through it, and she's always she's been very super insightful uh, herself. She's kind of she's one of the people who inspired me to speak out. And she's not Asian American. She's also she's she's actually a, a black Muslim, and she taught me. She helped me unlearn a lot of. Like the, I, I learned a lot of things that you know that were very traumatizing, and when she looked at the speech, you know, she she gave in her compliments and she said, "This is what happens when Asian Americans adopt white saviorism, and that's what this hmm. is. It's white saviorism. Look at all the people who are like, look at me. I can save you from this anti-blackness. I can save you from racism, of people against people that I have never interacted with." Right, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> the things that they are completely um, super ignorant on. They can do this because they've taken on the white, uh, you know, savior model for themselves. Even though, if you look in the mirror, that would dispute the facts. You know that that they actually are white. Yeah, um, though, though, yeah. No, that's that's really well said. I mean, I think um, if that clarified it for you, I can see why because I think that is a pretty clarifying statement. Yeah. And of course, how I, and I mean, oh, no, I forgot what I was about to say after that. It, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's just white saviorism. Look at the couple that was attacked on, yeah, you know, on the subway. Say, exactly. I yeah. think that was an example of white saviorism to say, right. well, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 um, the power for me to push charges here is, uh, clearly sits in my court. Uh, but, um, you know, I think that being black teenagers, they don't know the privileges that uh, I do, and so um, a mercy. I, I call for mercy. Yeah, you know. Oh, and, uh, the part that really I think one day said that got to me. I was like, I and I, 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 I warned DCC to never say that shit. No, I didn't warn them. Everyone's like, just I think uh, it was a collective face palm multiple times. And Katrina can confirm this. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of those times of the face palm was they were like, oh, I could have attacked them. But they were teenagers. I was like, so you let them oh. beat your wife for brain injury and you gave your kids trauma? Like, you're not the hero you think you are. Like, oh and God. also, it's like, and I'm just defending, like, oh, we were just defending ourselves. And that was the result. I just, I'm just like, there's, I'm just thinking, like, I could never bring myself to make such a rationalization. I think, 
I think I would rather like disembowel myself and ask Katrina to chop off my head. Like I think I'd rather do that than, than to even think of saying that. You know yeah. what though? Maybe yeah. maybe these people are being advised. They probably have lawyers. Yeah. They're probably thinking of the optics, and that's where we're at with Asian in Asian America. That's where we're at now. Oh, that they probably can't say what they want to say. So they have this well, shit lib statement. Stay out of the news, then. Just yeah. stay the fuck out of the news. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. you're right. No, you're right. But you know, how's it going to look? Right. Ever since the beginning of these attacks, these shit lib academics have been calling us carceral, pro police, out for blood, out for bounties. You know, blah <laughs> blah blah. So, you know who ain't playing that game is Christina Unilee's family because they don't have the luxury to play that game because that didn't turn out well. Yeah. And and exactly. now they're su- they had to sue the NYPD to be they're like you the fucking cops. let her die. And right, now yeah. I'm going to have to hold you accountable for that because that's yeah. fucking yeah. atrocious. Yeah. And I want to. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. I also see the best way. No, nope. no, go ahead. I, <laughs> no, I want to mention something because obviously Chong, you and I, and of course the rest of the pod have been sick and absolutely tired of people calling Asian Americans pro-police and pro-carceral. And I'm going to give you a multitude of examples within the span of the last week alone that that countered that. And these are the facts. And if some shit lib is uncomfortable with the facts, well, they can go fuck themselves. So the idea – so within the last week, I know aside from the time with Joanna Lynn uh, intervened, I know of six different Asian American women who were attacked or almost attacked or had violence come towards them. Yes, in the span of one week, six different people. Were all of them racist? Well, some of them, the guy told them to uh, told, told these ladies to go back to their country. The guy looked like he he got and also he tried to kick kick them. Kick a dog too. Members kept him at bay, kept him at bay away from doing any damage until the cops, uh, cops did arrive. But are did we call? Did we beg for? The, no, we did. They did their thing to make sure that everyone was safe first, and that's the other. And are we expecting them to like keep this guy out in jail? Off? No, absolutely not. Uh, I, and then of course there were other situations where somebody, uh, almost got attacked. Escaped almost, and you know they they escaped. They, they were a little shaken about it. They came to DCC later. Someone came to DCC later, helpful. And the last example was a woman who got sucker punched. Uh, she actually blocked it with her shoulder. Uh, some and then the guy tried to, and then she, the guy tried to run. He she actually beat his head against the door Hell repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. afterwards try, tried to tell the cops about it and even took a picture but yeah. the cops were like well we didn't see we didn't see him beat you so we can't do anything and then the cops later called and said well there was another attack somewhere in the neighborhood but even if we caught him since you weren't hurt we can't keep him for more than a few hours okay. do any of these six people are any of these six – could you make an argument that any of these six people were carceral or like despised a certain race or like or like believed that the cops would actually protect them? Absolutely not. And they're also the kind of Asian Americans that make the people up there uncomfortable. So which one is it? 
Yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah. these are the ones also, who have done the right things. Also, frankly, the right look, things, yeah. I think this whole carceral thing is is putting a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of victims. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, look, uh, the family of of uh, of a woman who got brutally raped and killed, they're like the their issue, their role right now is not to figure out mm -hmm. criminal justice reform. Yes. Their goal is simply to get closure and mm -hmm. a measure, whatever tiny little minuscule measure of justice mm -hmm. that is available for them. That's it. And yes. to hoist the responsibility of national criminal justice reform onto their shoulders mm -hmm. is disgusting and inappropriate. Yes. And yeah. let like look, and here's the other thing is like let, let's take this F the F train uh, video, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like I want to see those girls in jail. I'm not saying that they should throw the book at those girls. What I'm saying is, like, if you really mean what you say, meaning, like, that there's hope that there's hope here for some kind of reconciliation, maybe we'll find some, something positive out of this, mm -hmm. like, you have to take what happened to you seriously enough so that they are even able to learn a lesson from it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you just back off and just like, look, it's not look here at the end of the day, they're just like these poor black teenagers. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, we're these rich Asian people. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like fuck it. Fuck it. OK, we're not hurt. Fuck it. How are they going to learn? Like, who what's the possibility there for a reconciliation? Basically, right. they were like, you're dirt. You don't mean anything to me. And I'm just going to yeah. move on. Fuck you. Right. If you if if you really cared about some sort of reconciliation, some sort of. Like, let's see this thing through to the end. You've got to take your own side seriously enough right. so that the other side can take seriously what happened and learn from it. But they're, they're not willing to do that. Right. They're not willing to, quote, put in the work. And restorative, uh, you know, restorative justice requires acknowledging harm, acknowledging that harm right. was done in the first place. Yeah. And these people exactly. just said, well, they don't have good role models at home. And your kids don't either if you're not going to do anything <laughs> about this. So that makes I mean, two yeah. families with fucked up parents. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. You're right. It's it comes down to playing a political game first. Yeah. And and yeah. taking, you know, the 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 bold reality in front of us second. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you know, to to everyone now, like life and death has just become a fucking game until it's you or until it's your daughter or your son or your mother. Then it's not a game, but then it's too fucking late. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's not a game that will lead to any helpful results. And uh, during the premiere, I was talking about how there are different, you know, that Western culture values verbal reasoning, right? The ability to classify over identifying the functional label of things. Now, there are also different, well, what I did mention, because I didn't want to stay on the mic forever, was that there's also different forms of intelligences, right? There are methods of verbal reasoning, like I said, maybe being able to classify things in the most articulate way. That's what, you know, that's what the activist class loves to do, right? Mm -hmm. And the game that we, the if you want to define the quote-unquote game that us Asian Americans on the street have to play, it's a mix of emotional self-regulation, keeping that temperature, right, not too low and not too high. It's a mix of problem-solving. Right, figure be able to, and also visual spatial reasoning. Right, these are very different games than what the activist class has to game, has to play. And yeah, if you want to treat it as a game, um, you know, just so that you're not as traumatized, go ahead. But play the games that actually result in people being helped, 
and not not just like people being harmed and not just like laughing over the dead bodies of people. Right. If you know what I mean? Right. Hmm. Like that's the game that that those are our values. They, you know, people like Seth Berkman was like, oh, it's performing. No, 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 no. We play a very different game and a very diff with very different quote unquote rule sets in a very different level and environment than what you can possibly imagine. Right. But you're, still, you're so dedicated, dude. Uh, you're, I feel like you are trying to fix them, and I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to identify and segregate. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, oh, I'm identify and remove. <laughs> I just don't want to be around these people. I no, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I actually don't want to be around them. I just want to. I I want other people to know to understand because these people sound intelligent to the rest of the world to like a certain circle of society, eh. and I'm just articulating that. Hey, uh, I, I think. No. I, 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 I think that we worry that they do. I, I think that a lot of people see through. Yeah. I, I think that what's helpful for me, look, at the end of the day, I'm trying to watch out for myself too. Okay? Yes. Everyone's trying to watch out for themselves. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to watch out after my mental state because I don't want to get too angry about this. Yeah. And I do worry that people are, if they see this, mm-hmm. that they either avoid the shit out of the topic altogether and they just burrow themselves deeper, which is not mm-hmm. what Asian people should mm-hmm. be doing in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And I don't think anyone wants to do that. Um, or should be doing that. But the other thing is like, okay, well then, like, how do you, ex- like, everyone who jumps into the fray on Twitter eventually realizes what's going on, or not just Twitter, any anything, like, even in, you know, if you're just engaging in it in an academic setting, or in an organ, you know, organ- real-life organizing, you're going to run into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a poster, so that I run into it. <laughs> but, like, but, like, what I'm saying is that I would, like, it would have helped me, I think, if someone had prepared a very simple, obvious cheat sheet and explainer as to, like, why this is happening. Like, why mm-hmm. do we see this? And it would just make just make sense of, like, the, the inane shit that they say. Yeah. Because I, I wasted way too much of my mm-hmm. life getting mad about this stuff. And it's only fairly recently, to be perfectly honest, over the last course of, like, six years of my life, where I'm like finally starting to get a little bit of like personal, like close, not closure, but like wrap my head around this. So I don't get mad about it. Every time I see it, I just go, Oh, I see like Derek guys. I'm like, Oh, it's one of these guys. And then I'm like, Oh yep, mm-hmm. Ticks the box worships wasp culture, uh, <laughs> hides his ethnicity until it's convenient. Yeah. Oh. Until it's convenient. And then suddenly he speaks for all Asian people. I've seen right. this fucking guy and I know well enough that it's him, not me. That's yeah. all I said again. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it's all I said. <laughs> but I agree. It it is one thing, um, and I, I think you said it when you um, during the press conference after the movie. But you said it's very liberating to mm-hmm. to realize who these people are, and it yeah. is because I yeah. also used yep. to get so pissed. I would I would <laughs> like tweet. I would text my friend, but I can't believe these fuckers are at it again. Yeah. And, and now I look at them with such derision. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like I feel bad for you. Yeah, that you think this of 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 our beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Like I have oh, yeah. so many warm feelings towards other Asians when I think of groups, you know, when I think of mm-hmm. my mother, like mm-hmm. the first job she got when she came to this country was working at a Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. and she didn't speak the language and they hired her. And yeah. I just have warm feelings towards, towards, 
towards those people. I just think, wow, this is like solidarity and people in the same boat, you know, trying to better themselves. So I think like I feel bad that you mocked Dragon Combat Club, laughed about it, said we're performative, said we were a joke. Fuck you. You're the sad one. And and yeah, you're sad. And I'm not. I'm very it, happy. It is because I'm like, dude, you you all are putting so much maximal effort into a lie. Like you yeah. your whole life mm-hmm. is a series of like contortionist <laughs> lies that yeah. and you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You you <laughs> and, are full of fucking shit. Yeah. Everything you say is full of shit. Everything you say, minimizing, gaslighting, yeah. it, it takes someone who's not right in the head. Exactly. All these yeah. things. You're not exactly. right. Yeah. And I don't want, look, I don't want any, I, my goal is like, I don't want people who are like not experienced with this to have to spend as much time on the fence as to whether mm-hmm. it was me or these people. Right. Me or the, yeah. like, am I the crazy one here? Mm-hmm. Am I, wait, am I dismissing uh, racism? Uh, am I maybe harboring like deeply? No. No, no, no. Okay, like you, do, like don't get gaslit. Is my oh, point. Like, these, are, these are really skilled gaslighters because they they put maximal effort into right. their into their lies. Basically, they're over invested in their lies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so. yeah. yeah. Kind of, I want to kind of close, close, I guess I know that we're kind of getting a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say your piece, man. And we can, we can get out here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so during practice, somebody asked uh, a few people have asked me. I think the, so coincidentally, also in the last week, they said, "Hey, did those journalists who vilify you did they ever apologize to you?" <laughs> and they act like you know it's a shock that this has happened. And you know, for me, right, I've learned to accept it. Right, I've learned to accept it. I've learned to focus on the people who you know are worth caring about. And I'm like, no. And they're like, why are you? And they're just shocked that I'm calm about this. And why am I so calm about this, you know, aside from the fact what I've come through and obviously a lot of healing I've done? I'm going to give an interesting analogy. We, uh, all uh, all four of us, right, mm-hmm. on this podcast, we would typically identify either as apolitical or somewhere left of center or people would call it both. And yet we see people who have shared our political views throw us under the bus and they do it with this complete lack of humanity. It's almost like they're in a complete trance. And before I met you guys in Plan A, before I like you know had these words such as you know power agency and whatnot, I saw it as Star Wars. I literally did. I yeah. saw it as it was basically Order sixty six. That's how I saw it. These people were executing Order sixty six, and we felt the need. And there was a part of us that wanted to go along and ask, you know, is it us? Is it us? But guess what? My social inhibitor chip failed completely because I'm autistic and you guys, your social inhibitor chips, you know, they were defective in their own different ways. And thank God they were. <laughs> thank God they were. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> oh man, that's perfect. That's like the highest compliment. Uh yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. So I don't know why yours failed, right? Mine's failed because it was <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> my chip failed because I was autistic. I don't yeah. know about the about you three, but that's why mine failed. Uh-huh. <laughs> so is is the Empire ever going to apologize for killing all this Jedi? Absolutely not. Is Joseph Gobbles ever going to apologize, you know, to Jewish people for all the oh, lies that he spread? Right? Absolutely not, right? Well, <laughs> you brought up Hitler, so maybe it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? We got, we got, we got, 
<laughs> yeah, because they would. He literally said, right? If you repeat a lie, oh, people will keep believing it, right? But so, guess what? People had to find different ways to get closure, and that's from living their life, yeah. and that's why I want us to do. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, 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 exactly. You yeah. got to live more and and worry less about this bullshit. It is, it, it's it's not worth thinking about. I've yeah. I've thought about it enough, and the message is, it's not worth thinking about. Trust me, bro. That's yeah. my message. Yeah. <laughs> Trust I me, mean, bro. It's, it's not worth it. It's stupid. Don't worry. Don't listen to these people. I mean, there's a, there's a reason yeah. why, personally, I you guys are talking about these quote-unquote performance activists. Because that's what they are. And I don't hear about them personally because I don't go on Twitter. Yeah, you don't bother. And that's yeah. for <laughs> my own mental health. Like, I don't want... Like I'm just trying. I'm just trying to live my life. I'm trying to go to work. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to survive. Oh, nice. Like, what more suffering or what more garbage can I look at than mm-hmm. what more garbage can I just intake by going on Twitter and seeing all of these people? I mean, they're already all over Instagram. They're already all over TikTok. Like, what value yeah. does it give to my life? And that's not. And mm-hmm. it doesn't give DCC or any or Plan A or Chong's value. Doesn't give any value to all of what we do. I think that's the mm-hmm. best thing that we can leave off on is that we we really have to, oh, as much as we can rant about it. I mean, the best thing we can mm-hmm. do is just continue to do what we do, and they mm-hmm. can laugh about it. But if you know, if 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 we can, if we can inspire people, if we can make somebody like Nina or me or whoever more confident to go out into the world and that's great that's a victory for me yes yes and we've had many victories and that's yeah. thanks to people like uh thanks that's thanks to all of you so uh i just yeah. want to leave and the night a like-minded community you know it's not yeah. I, it's not hard you just gotta break the ice a little bit and yeah. you realize look most people are totally fucking normal <laughs> uh, uh, in their own way in their well most people are like this is a fucking head crab that has they're trying to install on people and nobody wants this shit. Nobody yeah. nobody's happy about this bullshit. Nobody's happy with this, <laughs> with this with the you know, no one's reading that. No like what Asian person out there is like like got that New York magazine special edition on Asian violence on their bookshelf and like and like consults it every time they get racial anxiety. <laughs> like no, nobody is I hope not. I hope yeah. not knock on wood. Anyway. <laughs> All right, can we call it there? I don't want to keep you guys too long. Yeah, but that was really, that was really yeah, fun. I, I, we should do it again. Uh, just hit me yeah, up anytime. So, I'm always around. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's your All episode right. for this week. We will see you again later. All Bye. Right. All right. Good night, guys. Good night.